In the 2020s, a pandemic crippled the world. Some panicked, some denied it. These two guys stayed home, drank, and watched movies. These are the Jameson Tapes. Uh, let's, uh, hey! Hey, Abysme. What's up? Hey, hey, you know what, you know what I haven't done in a while? A Boilermaker. I sure have not done that in a while. And I have a shot of something here that I'll get into after I do it. But it's getting dropped into Boulevard's limited edition Churro Grande beer. It is, in fact, a dark churro-flavored beer. And I'm going to sink it and drink it right now. All right, I'll be doing a shot of gin with you. Okay. Slancha. Slancha. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, it tastes like banana bread. <laughs> that was amazing. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jameson Tapes. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Damn, it's son. Been a, it's been a while. I am one of the two hosts. I am Alan, and I am joined by Abysme. And I'd like to talk for a moment about the, the alcohol I have that has been my alcohol of choice this week. Do it. That I cannot shut the fuck up about. I found out it's sponsored by the UFC, and I don't care about that. <laughs> As I've mentioned previously on this show, <laughs> I, I, tried Con I tried Conor McGregor's whiskey, and it was not great. But let me talk to you guys about Howlerhead Banana Bourbon Whiskey, because it was recommended to me because I've always mentioned in the past that I like bananas. I also love whiskey. And someone mentioned banana whiskey to me, and I was kind of like, eh. And they immediately knew I was like that, and they were like, no, 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 trust me. It's not like, it doesn't taste like banana candy. It tastes like whiskey, but there's banana. <laughs> there is a, a very, like, genuine hesitation for anyone to take when someone says, we flavored our whiskey with peanut butter. This yeah. vodka's flavored with cherry, because most of it tastes like shit. Yeah. No, and as some and I've had peanut butter whiskey and it's fine, but it's not whiskey. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if this this falls under the being a liqueur or not, but it tastes like whiskey and what I've been drinking all day today is their website spec for an old fashioned. And it's a pretty traditional old fashioned, but it's two ounces of Howler Head banana whiskey. Three dashes of orange bitters, two dashes of ango bitters, and a quarter ounce of simple. Stirred, stirred on ice, strained. I strain it into a rocks glass with a big-ass ice cube. Hell and yeah. And a, a single Luxardo cherry. And I could drink this forever. I uh, would love to try that. Sounds amazing. I had two before we even started recording. Two more during the movie. And for this actual episode now, two for the viewing, I mean. Two before the viewing, two during the viewing, and I've mixed a double for the show right now. Hell yeah. It is so good, and I think I've come up with a recipe to try and do a straight-up tiki old-fashioned. I am going to get the ingredients for that soon and let you, everyone know how it turns out. And if it turns out really well, I'm going to make a video making it and throw it up on the Patreon. I have a, I have a lot to say. The first, the first, you know, oh, sorry, let me back up. What am I drinking? I'm drinking Allagash Corio. 
which is a Belgian golden ale aged in bourbon barrels. Nice. And I, I know I've talked about Algash before on the show, but Algash is amazing. They are not uh, a Belgian company, but they do Belgian ales very, very, very well. Paprika, who loves Belgian ales even more than I, because she's actually been to fucking Belgium, loves Algash. So cannot hype them up enough. But this has been absolutely delicious. And then I also did a shot of gin right there from the botanist from LA, Scotland. Probably my favorite gin. Really, really fucking good. Talked about it before. I also want to give a shout out because I went to, we, we haven't recorded in a while. It's been a while, so we have to kind of catch up. But I went to the Mead Festival in San Diego County here about a month ago and love it. There's always a bunch of cool experimental stuff out there with Mead. But the best thing I had far and away is from a meadery called Mediocrity, like Mead, Mediocrity. haha ha, pun. But they do, their, their, their flagship Mead is called Foundation, which is great. They have released this year something called Buzz, which is just B-Z-Z-Z-Z. Mm. It is sparkling mead. It is 6%. And it is the most fucking refreshing thing I have ever had. And I want a crate of that for this spring and summer season because it is just perfect to sip on. It's not going to get you wasted, but it's just perfect. And I cannot express how amazing it is. It's just so fucking refreshing. I used to say like peach sparkling wine from fucking Stella Rosa was my go-to for a while because I can drink an entire bottle of that and not feel anything. But this, yeah, uh, Buzz is amazing. But other than that, moving on, you mentioned the UFC. Paprika and I watched a little movie... I don't remember the name because it was bad, but it's a movie about a woman whose mom dies and then she turns invisible. And when she is invisible in her adult years, she randomly, she, she like her job is to get pictures of people for a tabloid because she's invisible. And then eventually she finds a former UFC fighter turned bouncer who can see her. And so they develop a relationship. Cool. Uh, and then... Are you sure you're not making this up right now? I'm not <laughs> making this up. I had to sit through this movie. <laughs> and if this was all the movie was, that would be fine. Because, okay, someone had a UFC fighter to fund this movie. Fine. I've seen worse. The worst part, however, is that at the end of the movie... Because like the entire time you're like, oh, women are invisible. Women are overlooked in society. I'm like, yes, these are all valid points. It's, it's This is actually, you know, this is, I get it. Okay, I get where you're going for. Also, this stars Jim Gaffigan. I, had to, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just found it and pulled up the poster. <laughs> and the, ju- the jump scare of seeing Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> I told you I wasn't making this up. <laughs> so so jim gaffigan's the dad our brother is this fucking pervert who lives in a basement whose window to the world just sees women's legs so he just films women's legs all day this isn't viewed as a creepy thing by the way this is a redeemable feature of him this has 70 percent on rotten tomatoes what <laughs> oh who's seen this movie other than me and paprika Okay. Anyway, let me just let me clarify that. Based on reviews <laughs> from ten critics. <laughs> oh no, it's so bad. It's not good. But okay. So 
Oh, Megan Fox. Megan Fox is the other big name in here because she's the ex-girlfriend. She shows up for two scenes, whatever. But at the end of the movie, you're like, okay, they've been building up this whole thing of like women are invisible and overlooked by society. But at the end of the movie, the message and the the moral that she con- she, she like arrives at is, oh, I need to help other people to realize my pain. And I'm like, wait, so your mom died and you felt horrible about that, but everyone else's pain is more important than yours? Like, that's what the movie fucking turns into. It's not that her pain was important. It was because everyone else was hurting and she should have been talking to them about their problems and not hers. So basically, fuck her problems. And also this UFC fighter needs to get back up on his feet. It's like the worst fucking message for grief I've ever seen in a goddamn movie. And I don't remember why we put this on, but we just did. We were looking for something to watch. But that's this bizarre-ass UFC, Jim Gaffigan, fucking Megan Fox movie that exists. I'm sorry to curse you with this knowledge. It's called Above the Shadows. Mm, That is what it's fucking called. And I can't remember that fucking name because it doesn't make any sense. Hold on. I I literally Googled UFC fighter invisible lady. <laughs> and this is <laughs> That wasn't the poster. That was not the poster on Prime. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so everyone tune into our next episode when we watch Above the Shadows. Uh <laughs> I can't watch that film again. I can't do it. <laughs> Oh, this this poster is vomit. What is this color grading? This is so bad. Like, it did not know who it was trying to advertise to because it has a lot of just UFC exploitation in it. But then, like, oh, my God, it's so bad. It's so bad. Jim Gaffigan is so jarring that I didn't register until right now that that's Megan Fox beside him. (laughs) Yeah. She's there for two scenes. Does nothing. Shows up. Sits in a chair and talks to somebody, a la Cameron Mitchell. You know, like, I don't know how this This, was fucking made. This poster looks like a shit post. It it does, though, (laughs) right? (laughs) But this is a real movie. I've seen this movie. I can attest to its existence. What did we watch today? Fucking Gone (laughs) to Chill. So anyway, we watched a movie. It was not above the shadows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... The movie we watched was Ganjam Haunted Asylum. And if you tuned in today, not to listen to to us talk about Above the Shadows, but to listen to two white guys butcher the pronunciation of a bunch of Korean names. Oh, boy, yeah. Oh, man. Buckle the fuck up. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to say right now, and I am ever so thankful for Sade for taking copious notes. But given the structure of this movie, I'm going to say we're not going to do a beat by beat reading because I do want people to watch this movie. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil things. So we're going to visit it a la the void of kind of just general themes and some notes. Here's here's what I'm going to say overall about this movie, because there there was for a long time, there was a streak of real bad movies. And then for a Mm -hmm. long time, there was a streak of absolute bangers. It's weirdly refreshing to watch a movie that was fine. <laughs> yeah, that was a little middle of the road. Yeah. yeah. And, and a fun movie, don't yeah. get me wrong. Real fun. And based on an actual place. 
the the gun jam psychiatric hospital was an actual place that was deemed incredibly haunted by the people who believe in that sort of thing and it was demolished the same year this film came out oh really yeah wow. huh i guess let's talk i guess i have an article pulled up let's talk about the actual gun jam psychiatric okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just the combination of the alcohol and above the shadows, uh, <laughs> which is oh, which is my which is movie. my new favorite movie I've not seen. <laughs> it's so bad, like I can't I can't describe it in words properly because you have to watch it, and don't watch it. Don't watch this movie. So, Ganjam Psychiatric Hospital. It's been called one of the most haunted places in South Korea. And CNN once described it as one of the freakiest places in the world. I do want to note, apparently, the owners of the asylum sued the rele- the producers of this film because it would have a negative effect on the sale. And then they just fucking tore it down anyway. Oh. Oh, well. Were there really many buyers interested in your haunted-ass asylum? <laughs> Who the fuck would buy an asylum? You'd have to tear the whole fucking thing down anyway. Like, really? Okay. Whatever. Well, anyway, Gunja- yes. Gunja- Gunja- Asylum. Gunjam was forced to close mainly due to economic downturns, unsanitary conditions, and problems with the mm. sewage disposal system. Mm-hmm. Not due to insane doctors or murderous patients. We'll get into that, but yes, uh, that sounds about right. As the sewage problem grew, the owner left the country and did not leave documentation behind about the land <laughs> or the buildings on it. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm not surprised. That's amazing, though. <laughs> Someone just came into the owner's office and was like, Hey, the hospital, it's it's full of poop. There's there's all sorts of poop. It, yeah. The poop's not going away, and there's all this poop. And then he was just like, well, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. This is your problem now. You know what? At the same time, like I can't imagine a better setting for an Urbex found footage film. Yeah. Like, that's perfect. An abandoned hospital that smells like shit. <laughs> okay, and there's a moment in the in the film where they're like, there's security cameras, and I'm like, hell no, there's not. No one's watching over this. Are you insane? Not a- no one's putting up cameras for people to, to pay salaries for people to monitor security cam footage. Fuck no. This place is abandoned. So there are a lot of rumors about, like, patients being tortured and stuff like that in this place, and, like, for the most part... It has been deemed to be bullshit. Wait, wait. Say this saying they installed their own... Oh, you're saying the security cameras were a smokescreen? Because that, that actually could be right. Yeah. Okay, maybe. that makes sense. Maybe. Anyway, so they made a movie based on this actual place. I can't imagine filmed at the actual place, or was it? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I can't imagine that is the case, but... It was filmed in the National Maritime High School in Busan. Oh, really? Like, trained to Busan? Damn. Production team adhering closely to the floor plan of the actual hospital to recreate exactly the same exterior and hallways. Yeah, no, they didn't film that fucker. That makes sense. Okay, neat. So the the, the plot is about YouTubers. Yes, um, definitely about YouTube uh, true crime, not true crime, par- paranormal investigation. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to go ahead and spoil kind of where the, it, it goes other places than this. But we mm-hmm. mentioned I, we mentioned while watching it, like, is this just Korean grave encounters? And yeah. like, kind of. 
Kind of, yeah. But with a flavor unto its own. Yes. Which really should not be ignored. And let me talk about the flavor unto its own, and I think it's why we found this movie so charming. Mm. This feels like Korea catching up to Ott's found footage. Yes. Um, yes. And I think that that's where a lot of the charm from this movie came to me because we. And there is. I'm glad you brought that up because there definitely is an element of other countries kind of catching up to what America has done. And obviously, like sometimes it's very contemporary and other times it's it's realized a bit further on. But this definitely does have a lot of, hey, let's lampoon and like not just ghost adventure shit, but just like the idea of like the proper people or insert any YouTube personality going around. <laughs> and urbexing stuff and claiming that it's, it's fucking haunted like i see this shit all the time and it's all fucking fake like it's it's just it's it's view farming but this does a very good job of exposing or just kind of i guess lampooning that aspect of we're gonna get a bunch of people together who look attractive and uh, like one of the characters is straight up like you can tell is an instagram like personality or something like she's right. known her name is charlotte and like everyone else has a korean name but she's charlotte and she clearly has a cross-continental appeal and they're all capitalizing on this and it's all very well done everything is like very much oh influencer relatability the, like, the, you, like you've seen this a thousand the, times the one kind of person they don't seem to bring on this trip is like anyone with any like understanding of the paranormal Right, exactly. Which, it's just a bunch of people who need to fit the bill, and they all fit the bill. And it's it doesn't really it doesn't really mild spoiler that like you get the idea of like very early on in the movie, like a lot of the spooky stuff that's happening is being faked mm. by several members of this crew. It's really easy to spot in the beginning. It's not a secret. Yeah. So where to dive in, really? I don't. I really do not want to give away the plot. Yeah, we don't want to. Um, we don't want to do a beat by beat. You know what? You know what? I'll, I'll draw a comparison here. So we were talking whilst while viewing, we were talking about Blair Witch quite a bit, which this series has a lot of nods to. Abysme like, and I, Abysme and I have both kind of had Blair Witch on the mind a lot lately. Yeah, it's it's hard not to. But there's a lot of nods <laughs> to Blair Witch in this one, and particularly the reboot from like 2015 2017 i forget what year it was but it was the year of we have drones we have gopros we have all this advanced video recording and editing equipment and this and that movie excuse me that movie overdid it yeah way way overdid it they focused way too much on the tech and not enough on their cast and it suffered for that this movie to its credit has quite a lot of tech, but it knows when to stop and to be like, hey, we're going to set up a traditional, what I'm, I'm going to assume, I don't know, I'm going to assume because of its presentation, a traditional like kind of Korean ritual to summon spirits or converse with spirits. And as well, we're going to have like, you know, motion sensor GoPros here and there. It was a wonderful, very actually refreshing mix <clears throat> of technology and traditional superstition which is really cool and i think that's what this movie's best strength is is being a very korean movie it's not just another ghost adventures offering it feels like its own thing and that's 
where the fun and the charm comes from is the theatricality of what our characters experience and how they experience it. Yes. Some of the scares, some of the scares fell a little flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I'd say it's a good 50, 50 mix. There are some really the scariest part of this fucking movie is just the environments they're in. Yeah. I don't know why Abysme <laughs> and I have become these guys in the horror community. We're the we're the we're the building code guys of of uh, really <laughs> though, and because there's all the mold, uh, I think we can officially put this on the counter. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, no, definitely for this room. Yeah. Look at this shit. This this goes this goes on the uh, the, the the Jameson tapes. Uh, you you might be hallucinating due to abandoned abandoned <laughs> building chemicals. <laughs> Get yeah masks. God damn it <laughs> like there's nothing more fucking scary than oops asbestos <laughs> oh there's ghosts it's so there's ghosts it's so scary i'll tell you what's scary black mold <laughs> fucking radon <laughs> oh okay okay you know what uh, have i ever did i ever talk to you about when fucking sadako came to dead by daylight no this is okay this actually does tie in everybody so bear with me sadako from ringu or the ring if you're american Big thing, like The Ring, defining film in not just Japanese, but American horror cinema. There are movies to this day that rip off The Ring. It's a thing. Haha, <laughs> pun rhyming. But a lot of people are scared of small women with long black hair obscuring their face. This is a thing. It does not scare myself at all. I am completely inundated to it at this point. I don't care. But when Sadako came to Dead by Daylight, they programmed into her idle animation when you're just in the lobby screen, she will, at random times, just pop up on your screen face-to-face and jump scare you. And that still triggers a real reaction from people. And I've seen compilations of it. Like People are legitimately just terrified of this. And if this, if what Ganjem is telling me is true, like at least in maybe Asian culture, this is still a thing. Yeah. Like that is just a, just a, a staple of horror. And I'm I, like, it doesn't scare me anymore. I respect if people are scared by it because it's just a thing. But that's a lot of this movie. A good portion of the scares of this movie is we keep making jokes to it. And we'll probably cut to that. Ah! Oh. Just a ceiling wig. All right. <laughs> Ugh, Sadako's stuck in the ceiling again. <laughs> but like, we're just like, oh, Sadako. Sadako's in the bath. Sadako's in the ceiling. Sadako's wherever. And it, it, it sounds like we're making fun. But really, I think we're kind of just playing homage to, hey, this is a staple at this point, And Sadako is an effective scare. So it's kind of cool that we see that as a through line of the scares of this movie. Yeah. And also while we're talking about kind of on the same subject, video games, they made a kind of unreal character in the, the newest killer instinct game named Hisako. Wait, really? Yeah, named Asako. And she is my favorite. <laughs> There's a new killer instinct. Uh, well, it came out in like 2015. Wow. Uh, I did not even know. It's on Xbox game pass. It's really good. They also, they also made one of the Battletoads playable. 
Yeah, they made a Japanese ghost girl, an Onryo, and her name's Hisako, and she rules. <laughs> it's straight up the J-horror, the J-horror fighting game character. Awesome. But yeah, the, they definitely pulled from that. There is a... You cannot make the argument to me that there wasn't a scene they just directly referenced the Blair Witch Project. Multiple times, too. Like, blatantly. But uh, yeah... I was going to go somewhere with that, but I am full of whiskey. I'm going to say the scares that didn't work right off the bat are everything with the fast-talking black-eyed girl. I'm trying to decipher that. I really am. Like, I don't want to chalk it up to, oh, a different culture, like, thinks something is scary that I don't. It could be, but that is just so YouTube 2013 Oh, spooky girl. Again, like, I hate to say it. Pale girl with black hair doing thing. Scary. Yeah. Which has been just done to death. And it's like, oh, we, we, we had her in this movie speaking gibberish. That's not scary. Not to me. Maybe yeah. it is to other people. Maybe it is to a certain culture. I have no fucking idea. But it is so distracting. Just so takes me out of it. But at the same time, this is kind of the like act five of the movie where it just turns into a fucking haunted house. And that's also kind of the best part of the movie. Yeah, this this movie is an hour and a half long. And I'm going to say an hour and 10 minutes of it are straight up like we're going to introduce you to the characters. They're, yeah. they're charming enough. Now that we've introduced you to the characters, we take you to a spooky place and we're going to take you to the spooky place. Two of the guys involved are just fucking with everybody because they're trying to get numbers for this live stream and i i'm going to come back to that aspect of the of the of the movie here shortly i do feel bad but i i feel like this should have been maybe half an hour long like you could have gotten your point across a lot quicker <clears throat> i think i think feature length is a l- they didn't have enough to really flesh it out yeah the last and then we get to the last 20 minutes of the movie, and it is Jump Scare Hoedown. Jump Scare Hoedown. <laughs> well, we haven't mentioned that the, the moniker under which this group operates yes. is Terror Time. Ter- or uh, what, it's is Horror that? Times. Horror Time. It is, it is, it is <laughs> specifically Horror Times, plural. It's great. And it has like, amazing branding, and I want a bumper sticker, and I want a t-shirt really badly. I'm going to, I'm going to find if that exists after this, after this so. recording. But yeah, they are called horror times, and and I have, this movie can rest assured that every time we go to record a new episode now, I'm going to ask Abysme if he is. Hey man, are you ready for horror times? <laughs> <laughs> because okay, because the implication is if it's not like regular merch for sale, somebody had to come up with fake merch to put into the background of this movie in the form of stickers on car windows. That's incredible. Yeah. Like most movies will not do that. You you mentioned one thing while we were watching that popped popped me pretty hard, which was that the ending of this movie feels like a twisted metal ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but it does though. And you're right. It feels straight out of Twisted Metal Black, which is I'm not searching for anyone's opposing opinion on this one. The best one. <laughs> I played one, two, and black, and Twisted Metal is a weird one because. It has no right being good, but like for the time, no one else was doing what they did. So it's kind of amazing. And the fact that we got to play through that when it was released is something very special. 
and I really can't knock any of it because I just have to view it in the time frame it was released. Twisted Metal Black is the one that is it's it's the darkest one, but it's the darkest one because it's one of the previous tournaments, but it's exclusively from the perspective of Sweet Tooth. Yeah, that one's. Yeah, Yeah. I don't I don't solid. I don't care if it's going to be good or not. I'm giving that new Twisted Metal show a chance. Wait, what? Oh, my God. Do do you not know? (laughs) No, 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 no. Enlighten me. What? Peacock is getting a Twisted Metal series. They just released a teaser trailer for it. What? Yeah. (laughs) Peacock. Anthony Matt. Is releasing a Twisted Metal show? Yep. (laughs) Who the? What geriatric board member of Peacock knows what the fuck Twisted Metal is? The teaser trailer offers nothing in terms of is this going to be good or not? What it does offer is a glimpse of Sweet Tooth, and he looks rad. This is this is like someone being. This is like this is like someone saying, "Hey, this is maybe, Static this X." This is maybe is, the least we've talked about the actual movie we watched on an episode. <laughs> this this is like someone saying, "Man, Static X is real cool." What if we made a show about Wayne Static <laughs> that five people know about? You and I have to watch this okay, together. It, it is starring Anthony Mackie, who's the guy who currently plays the the new Captain America slash Falcon in the MCU. He, he's playing okay. John Doe. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So here's here's where it gets wild. <laughs> Sweet Tooth. Someone is playing the body of Sweet Tooth, and someone else is doing the voice. Okay. So the physical presence of Sweet Tooth is being played by professional wrestler Samoa Joe, and the he is being voiced by Will Arnett. What the what? Will Arnett <laughs> from Thirty Rock? Fuck this movie we're talking about. What else do you have to tell me about this fucking? That's that's all we we all we've gotten is a teaser trailer, and it was in like within the past week. I'm gonna punch a hole in my wall right now. <laughs> Of all the stupid bullshit that Hollywood is doing, CBS is greenlighting a twisted metal show. <laughs> I, I love how this episode started with me like, hey, there's a UFC movie. You're like, that's not real. Oh my God, Jim Gaffigan's in it. <laughs> to me, reacting to a fucking twisted metal greenlit CBS show. <laughs> oh, okay. Any, anyway, yeah, Gonjim Haunted Asylum gets a B. <laughs> It's a B. It's a B. It's a solid B. It's pretty good. Go watch it. It's fun. It's a fun haunted house ride. I don't want to say much more. I'm beside myself <laughs> right now. This is... Hey, Abysme. You know what I just realized? Our what? show is dumb. <laughs> I mean, we saw this show as us getting fucking plastered and talking about things. If anyone expected continuity or like thematic themes or anything don't bother because we're drunk when we do this so there there is um, there is business to attend to though uh two two hours of business um first we have to we have to pick our spider room moment Ooh, okay that one's a little difficult for me i can't pick the fact that i called the ending yeah you did Um, you really did i my prediction my prediction was ridiculous and it is how the movie ends yeah, I think. God, this is tough. Spider Room. Oh, moment. the doll, the doll, the the dolls, the dolls' fashionable pants. The doll, the doll's amazing. That was not my Spider Room moment. I think my Spider Room moment was. This is really tough. I think, for me, it was 
I think for me it was Sadako's wig hanging out of a ceiling. That was that one did come to mind before I settled on doll pants. Yeah, that one's just great. It's just like, oh my god, look at that! I'm like that's a fucking wig out of a ceiling tile, dude. Honestly, like <laughs> everyone, I'm going to spoil the ending of this film. Sure. And because I think the ending is my genuine Spider Room moment, but I also mm-hmm. I also really appreciate it from a storytelling perspective that it gets to the root of like the selfishness of the like it super online personality. Sure. And so spoilers for the ending of this movie. The captain who is keeping everything going from base camp is pushing everyone to continue because their view count keeps going up. But the big reveal at the end is that the view count has not been going up and that the ghosts Mm -hmm. are manipulating live stream views to keep them from leaving. Which is pretty baller, not gonna lie. It is awesome. So, yeah, that is ridiculous, but, like, great. My Spider-Room moment may be the ending. I do love the the captain realizes, like, okay, so Sadako, insert, like, backs up to him, back to back, and re- he realizes it, so he turns on his camera and then, like, reverses <laughs> the view while he's getting possessed and killed just to get this footage. Like, it's, like, he's just committing fully to the yeah. bit, and it's fucking the, beautiful. The... It's actually the really Sadako good. selfie is a good is a good spider room. <laughs> it's pretty good. So we have to make a fucking drink. Yes. Okay. And name this the Gondrum with the wind. Abby, sweetie, pudding, coffin baby. Before you make that <laughs> drink, I, uh, we, we have a we have a Discord open for this show between myself, Alan, and Sade that no one else is privy to, and I was just. Like, I've missed the show. I've missed recording. It's been about a month. We've all been busy. And I'm just going through memory lane of what we've seen. And for some reason, the toolbox murders came up. And that movie, while bad, exploitative, it's also got Cameron Mitchell in a ski mask killing people and monologuing for obscene amounts of time. So it's also very special. But I'm like, oh, man, that's right. It was remade. We should watch that remake. So I linked the remake in the chat. And Alan, without skipping a beat, comes in and says, Bismi, we've seen this movie. <laughs> it has Coffin Baby in it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That was, the re- that, that was the sequel to the remake. No, we haven't watched that. No, watch this trailer. We've seen this movie. And I watched the trailer and I realized that I've blacked this movie out from my fucking memory because of how bad it's, it was. And yes, we've totally seen this it's movie. so bad. <laughs> It's bad. It was that bad. It's beyond terrible. And Sade could cut out my confession here. In the chat, in the chat, <laughs> Sade thought I was calling you Coffin Baby. <laughs> so I said, so I said, sweetie, pudding, Coffin Baby. And Sade, Sade bet me a bag of beignets at Disneyland that I, I wouldn't say it on the show. <laughs> hey. So we got to make a cocktail. Okay, Korean. I'm thinking rice, rice wine. I'm trying to remember the name of the Korean alcohol that I'm aware of. Soju. Soju. Yeah, which is not even just Korean. That's like Asian. I've I've had soju once, so I'm trying to remember what it tastes like. It's okay. So I went to a Halloween party a couple of years ago, and there was a shit ton of alcohol there. But soju, for some reason, was like the focal point and soju was not that abv heavy 
So by the time we were doing shots of that, I was like, this this ain't nothing, whatever. But it was tasty. So, but it's rice. I googled it, and this is sounding familiar. It's a very very neutral taste that's a little sweeter, little sweeter yeah. than vodka. Yeah, um, exactly, and less ABV. We can really do fucking whatever with that. Essentially, which is good because this movie did fucking whatever with it. Okay, so soju, rice, vinegar, vinegar, rice liquor. Around like kind of wine percentage is most of it. Some can be like up to 53%, but I think most of soju is around the 12 to 15%. Um, okay, I'm, I'm starting to form something uh, with, with an okay. ingredient I used in a cocktail lately. That was very good that I think we could bring to this drink. Have you ever had yuzu? I yes, think I have. yuzu would, would go well in here. Okay. But alternative idea, since this movie seems to like be the Korean version of something American, what if we added yuzu to like a traditional American cocktail? Okay, so yuzu soju is an American cocktail. Let's think here. This is going to be not a super sweet drink, but definitely something the white women love. Okay, because the yuzu to me has a very citrus flavor that's like somewhere between like... To me, yuzu tastes like kind of somewhere between an orange and a lemon. Yeah. If we did a soju yuzu sour. Ooh. And if we made... The sweet, if we made a sour mix with instead of lemon using yuzu juice, yep, I think that's where I want to go with this. <laughs> okay, okay, hmm. I think bourbon might be too heavy for this. Do we want to just do whiskey? Um, proof is soju. Pretty low. Well, okay, again, it could be wine or it could be like 53%, but I think a lot of soju oh, is okay. rather yeah. low. I'm reading it, it's 40 to 50 proof, so that's like 25%. Like, I, I've had 20 before, um, like, most of what I've had, so it's usually low. Yeah, if we proofed this up with a decent whiskey... You know what? Can we get... I know it's mixing of cultures. Can we get a Japanese whiskey? Because I've had a lot of really We could put Suntory whiskey, whiskey in there for sure. The, sun, the yeah, Suntory yeah. whiskey will represent Sadako. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so a Japanese Korean Korean Japanese fusion sour. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, I would drink this. And we would call this the Horror Times. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, you know what? The horror times. The the horror time sour. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. That fuck this sounds really good actually. <laughs> yeah, this sounds really tasty. I would I would totally try this. And I think that that does it. You're welcome for this deranged yeah, fucking no, episode. Yeah, no, this was all over the goddamn place. <laughs> full disclo- full disclosure, <laughs> uh, Abysme and I haven't done one of these in a while, and I think I think uh, I think that that's what led to this. We're making yeah. up for lost time. Fucking love this dude. Anyway, oh, we're at that point love of the party, dude. huh? Fucking love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you have suggestions of movies mm-hmm. you want to watch or things you want to ask us. Use the hashtag the Jameson Tapes or the hashtag Creative Horror. We will find it either way, or at Creative Horror, or at one of us. Actually, my Twitter is private now, and Abysme doesn't use Twitter, so probably at Creative Horror is the best way. But other than that, I'm going to go show Abysme the Twisted Metal teaser now. Bye! All right, bye! (laughs) 
The Jameson Tapes is hosted and created by Alan Chaney and Abysme. If you have a movie suggestion for the podcast, please leave a comment, message us on the Creative Horror Discord, or tweet at Creative Horror with the hashtag Jameson Tapes. Creative Horror is a network of creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. Please visit us at creativehorror.com.